whoa, 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 hang on a moment. Yes, you know what time it is. This is Jen, your host, and this podcast is all about taking agency and owning yourself. And every week on this show, I'm going to help you use your voice, stand in your power, and operate from a place of self. Hi everybody, here we are again. It's time for your weekly installment of Hang On A Moment. And I wanted to talk about something that is kind of funny and kind of serious this week. And it was brought to me, the idea was brought to me by feedback that I got from somebody I know actually who listened to one of the previous episodes of the podcast. And the interesting um, scenario um, behind today's podcast um, topic is in relation to a blooper I made during one of the recordings. Now, I do not edit my recordings, shock, horror. Some people might be, you know, at that whole um, sentence because, you know, I know that I should edit them. But if I'm being very honest with you, and I am going to be honest with you, sometimes I don't have the time and also the technical um, know-how. So I have had training on it, but it really generally boils down to time. So I don't edit my recordings. But you know what? I'm okay with that because we do not want to be going around our lives editing everything. So editing what we say, editing how we look. You know, it's kind of, yeah, we don't want to catfish people. (laughs) And I realized that actually sometimes editing people is, or editing um, things is actually, you know, for um, the benefits of the recipient. So we edit a podcast episode so it sounds nicer for the recipient. We might edit a photograph on a dating app so it looks nicer to the person who is viewing your profile but actually what we're doing when we edit is we're actually, you know, taking away some of life, life's realities. <laughs> so the example that I have is in a previous episode, I mentioned a saber-toothed dragon. And um, what was really nice was that my friend came back to me and said he loved that bit because I owned it. And so when I said saber-toothed dragon and then, you know, obviously realized I've made a bit of a blooper and then tried to switch that round, um, I still went with saber-toothed dragon in the end. I didn't try to, you know, I guess I didn't get embarrassed about that mistake. I just laughed it off. And I'll be honest with you, I do have a tendency to say things that sometimes just don't make sense, as we all probably do. And in some ways, I'm okay with that because, you know, that's my personality. And I'm happy to bring myself to the table as I am in most parts. I'm comfortable with that. And I actually find that it has been a source of um, conversation a source of humor with my friends and family members and even people I've worked with over the years. So it hasn't changed how people have seen me. It hasn't changed my relationship with people. In fact, it's probably enhanced that relationship because they found some of the things I've said 
quite humorous. So we've been able to have a really good laugh about it. And, you know, I'm okay with that. I am not perfect, as I say, and nobody is perfect. But like one of the examples was, I remember in the past on a few occasions, like much, much earlier on, I mean, I've learned now, it's like, yeah, I'm going to refer to riding a bike. When we start, we fall off. It's embarrassing, isn't it? Um, you know, we'd never want to be in that position now as an adult, although I did do that in Spain a few years ago. I decided to hire a bike and it was comical because I was literally in a zigzag all over the road. It was quite embarrassing at my age to not be able to ride a bike. But in fairness to me, it'd been about five or six years prior to that when I rode a bike in Central Park in New York. And um, I was actually with a partner at the time and we um, he was able to kind of guide me and um, yeah, just show me again around the bikes. It had been so long since I'd, I'd ridden a bike. And, you know, people say it's like riding a bike. Yeah, I guess like anything in life is like riding a bike. We can get back on when we fall off and we can pick it up at any point in our lives, but we're never going to be perfect. We're always going to be a bit rusty when we get back on that bike. So talking of bikes, one of the things that I used to say um, was going off on a tangent, but I actually used to get that muddled up and I would quite often say, and again, you know, it would come out sometimes before I could even pull the words back in, going off on a tandem. And um, I remember one of my friends, you know, this is probably about 15 years ago, in absolute stitches laughing because she was like, I can just imagine, it was like a business meeting I'd been in. And she says, I can just imagine, you know, someone coming in and riding around on a tandem um, in the office. And, you know, we just laughed and howled. I mean, like, really, we we were like crying with laughter. And I never felt embarrassed about it because I just thought, you know, the joy I've had out of laughing this off and kind of, you know, like bringing the fun to the to the to the socializing that I was doing that night was just like something else. But I think if you've ever watched an episode of Black Mirror, which I love um, episode or a series or, you know, of the program, it's obviously about it's like a science fiction program that, that, that from the ones that I've seen uses some kind of elements of technology to see how we could apply that or how that would look, how the world would look if we applied that in a different kind of way, like in real life. Um, If for any people that remember this, I'm kind of maybe showing my age a bit now. I was only a child when these were out, but there was the thing called the Twilight Zone, which was kind of similar. Um, But, you know, in Black Mirror, for example, there was one episode that I absolutely love where this woman was basically getting um, likes and um, uh, followers in real life. And, you know, her optimum goal was to get people to, to follow her, to like her. But actually, the lifestyle that people were living was based on the likes that you had and your pop, you know, your popularity. So it was it was really like social media gone crazy. And it was actually quite a scary um, reality check of how social media can do that to us. And in the end, the woman in the program just lost it because she was so sick of trying to be this perfect version to get the likes and to get like the levels that she needed to get to do anything in life, like get a decent seat on a plane or get to the front of a queue. And it was really quite scary. And I remember another one where, you know, they were able to block people in real life and and people, you know, they could just block people or pause people, mute people. And it was again, like a science fiction program. So in the actual episode, people then muted and couldn't speak. And 
it's quite interesting, but I think that's a bit like another episode of Black Mirror would be, you know, if every time we made a blooper, we were uh, we had to think about airbrushing our lives or editing our lives, you know, it's just not real. You know, so that's why I have a concern about sometimes editing, editing pictures, editing podcasts. I think it's nice to have like the real, the real, the real you. But, you know, I think, I think this goes through to this whole thing of having agency and owning yourself, obviously, because that's what everything is about in these episode releases. But I think what I wanted to talk about today was, you know, why do we worry or why would we try to hide these bloopers? And, you know, what it really comes down to is this whole conforming versus kind of freedom. And, you know, when we talk about freedom, freedom means different things to different people. But... I'll give you an explanation of what I'm talking about here based on some work that I did in the past with an amazing coach that I met at a well-being event in Manchester. It was called the Mind, Body and Soul event, because if you haven't realised, I'm from Manchester, UK. And she was a, a really lovely um, business specialist who had turned into a coach a little bit like myself, but her background was in the finance space. My background has obviously been in the people space. But we had very similar backgrounds. Um, we'd worked in a similar way. We'd we'd kind of reached a bit of um, intellectual um, burnout and capacity in our roles. We, we were not getting fulfilled by what we were doing, and we wanted to help others. And you know that was kind of how she came about to to set up this wonderful course that I actually went on to. I actually did it twice uh, because it was amazing. And the product, the course was called The Work You Were Born To Do. And it was really good because it does a real deep dive into your psyche and your strength. So in my world, that would be your brilliance. And everything that you own in your toolkit that kind of makes you you. And so she used a lot a lot of different she used a lot of different um methodologies for identifying this some of it was like psychometric profiling she used numerology she used so many different things it, it was absolutely amazing course as i said i did it twice and it's really helped me get to where i've got to today and i'll never forget this as i said the course was called the work you were born to do i think she's discontinued it now but it was so good and as you can probably gather from the name of the course for somebody who is struggling with where they want to be in their life, where they feel their purpose is, you know, where their passion is, it was it was spot on. It really was. Um, but we did this piece of work and I remember we wrote it on a huge flip chart and I had it on my office wall at home for, for years, um, both versions, the original one and the second one. And I recently took those down because I was putting something else on the wall, but I still have those documents. And we had to identify, you know, some of the things that are traits basically and what makes us us us. So there was tons of things on this flip chart. But I remember like of my top three kind of values around living my life and being in the work that I was born to do and doing the kind of work that I want to do two of my highest values were freedom and self-expression. And I think that's really true of me specifically because I have always worked on this basis of wanting to be free, free from constraints, free from norms, free from restrictions, free from we do this because that's the way it's done kind of 
vibes and I've always pushed challenge the status quo that's what I've done um you know really for the last kind of 20 years uh should I say the last sort of 15 years in my HR career um have been challenging organizations to 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 transform and change and helping them get there and of course I have been doing that as well with my private clients from a coaching perspective but freedom and self-expression are so important because it goes back to this whole thing. No wonder my podcast is, hang on a moment, and it's all about agency and knowing yourself, because I think a lot of people struggle with this. You know, we struggle with this whole idea of being ourselves and unapologetically who we are. And it can be quite difficult. And the reason why it's difficult is because of this whole conformity. And some people will say, well, conformity is real, really the opposite of freedom. And so, you know, again, going back to the very start of this podcast, I was talking about making bloopers. And actually, I think sometimes people get really freaked out when they make these bloopers, because what actually they feel like they've done is they've done themselves a real disservice. And actually that could, you know, go against them. It could, you know, really kind of ruin their credibility. People might dislike them. People might think they're stupid. You know, some of the things I've said, you know, I'm sure some people have either walked away thinking, what? What is she on? Or, um, that was hilarious. She probably didn't mean to say it. And, you know, I don't really care whether they thought the former or the latter, you know, hasn't actually, some of the silly things that I've said in my career has not actually affected my career or me in any way, shape or form. And if it has, if it has changed the outcome of something in any way, shape or form, then I'm okay with that. Because, you know, what's for you won't go by you. And, you know, you attract what is due to come your way. And so, you know, I believe in, um, you know, divine intervention. And actually, you know, if things haven't worked out, whether it's something I've said in a presentation or a pitch or a piece of work I was doing, and someone's decided not to, you know, to continue working with me or whatever, I'm okay with that, because that means they're not my person. And I'm not their person. And we're not for everybody. And that's another thing that you really need to accept around this whole kind of freedom, self-expression versus sort of conformity, and really worrying about what other people think about you. But one of the things, the reasons why we do this is because we are like creatures, creatures of habit. And because of that, we like to be around people that we know, people that we trust, people that we associate with. You know, we're also creatures of tribes. We're creatures of community and belonging. And that's so important. And I think sometimes when we do make a blooper and we don't want to own it, we don't want to own that part of ourselves. It's because we're worried what other people will think. And we fear that kind of, yeah, that whole thing about rejection. And just to drop in a book here, because you know I love to drop in my book recommends, and it was an amazing book. I will never forget how engrossed I was in this book. I literally couldn't put it down, and it was a chunky old book, I tell you. And I brought the second one, um, Homo Juice, and I didn't really get into it as much, and that was all about the future and um, robotics, AI, and things like that. I probably should get back to that, to be fair. But I'm talking about Sapiens, which is by... Here's a test now. Here's a, here's another blooper on its way. Um, by Yuval Noah 
Harari, I think I said that correctly, amazing author. And, you know, one of the things that I remember really stuck with me for a long time um, from this book was that he talks about the formation of religion was predominantly to bring people together. And it was usually a myth that created this common belief that allowed people to become tribal and actually created these communities of like 50 people or so, so that they could actually become a tribe. Um and I found that quite interesting, actually, because, you know, again, it goes back to that conforming um, uh, mentality. And, you know, the opposite of, of conforming, as we've said, is freedom and self-expression. So I'm just going to give you a couple of examples here of, um, you know, what sort of conforming can be broken down into. So this is not my work. This is a work of um, a um, theorist. So I, you know, did a bit of research and obviously want to share this with you today. But when we, when we conform to other things, what we are doing to some extent, sometimes is we might be violating our own boundaries and our standards. We're changing ourselves or we're showing a different version of ourselves to fit in. And to me, that's really soul-destroying. You know, in most parts of my life, in most parts of my life, what you see is what you get, and I have always been like that. But I have masked in the corporate environment, and I think a lot of people do. I have ADHD, as I've said, so masking is a big thing of that. But I think a lot of people, you know, they don't bring their real selves to work. They don't bring the real person that they are to work. A lot of people hide that. And why? Why do why do people do that? Well, you know, these three kind of like overviews here of conforming and one is compliance. So this is kind of something that is necessary to meet extrinsic standards and boundaries. So these aren't your standards and boundaries, but these are um, standards and boundaries that are put in place by a group norm. So this is something that you would comply with to fit in. So an example of this might be at school or um, socialising in certain groups to fit in or specific hobbies or clubs. So you kind of comply to the way that people are and you kind of operate in that same way to fit in. You're complying to fit into that group, but it's only real, really surface level. It's not deep rooted because you're just trying to fit in for that particular purpose. Another way of conforming is internalization. So this is really the deepest level of conforming. And this is when you fully believe it. So, you know, this is you, you are, you've internalized this conforming. And, you know, a real good example I can think of here is religion. Um, but, you know, a very deep level of internalization would be a nun or a Buddhist monk who obviously is living and breathing everything that they um, believe and that they see fit because Obviously, they're in a community of people who also operate the same, but it's absolutely their life's um, guide. You know, it's in their body, it's in their mind, it's in their soul. This is who they are. This is this is the person they are, and they are they are internalizing this because they are conforming. But it's what they want to do. It's something they want to do. And then the third um, aspect is identification. So this is when you kind of internalize a belief or some kind of belonging so that you can comply. So you kind of become this way to fit in. So, you know, an example of this, you know, again, it, it could 
again, go back to the nuns or the Buddhist monks, because I've read lots of stories about Buddhist monks who have been like Wall Street traders or, you know, had a completely different life and they just gave it all up for the Zen. Um, but, you know, it could be things like an example I've got here is where people join like the armed forces or the military. And, you know, they become they become this um they they become this person to fit in to be part of the brotherhood that's quite a sexist term but you know to become part of the um it's the community the brotherhood the sisterhood whatever you want to call it um in terms of you know the um the way they live and everything they do you know we'll die for our country you know we'll we'll die for each other you know they'll never leave somebody dying on the field or all that it's very very strong so you know this it's an identity and that's what you'll find with people who have been in the military or the armed forces you know they they never forget that's who they are you know so they've kind of like they've internalized something but it's it's to comply with something and therefore it's now become their identification and so how, why and how do we conform? You know, influences that allow us to conform, they come from kind of emotional and cognitive influences. So when we say emotional, it's it's more like a feelings biased um, ideal for conformity. So, you know, you want to do this to be accepted. You know, so some of the examples I've just talked about, it's that whole acceptance, acceptance from others and acceptance from yourself. So it's this whole feeling of I need to be more, do more. I want to be recognized for being more or doing more. or I want to be, you know, recognized or feel that I am part of this. So, you know, there's an emotional, you know, it's a very emotive um, element of conformity. But then there's also the facts based um, faxed biased um, conformity, which is again about what are the standards and norms. So again, that might be something that you um, work with um, predominantly, you know, in a working environment. So, you know, you understand, okay, so this is this contract. These are the hours of working, you know, this is kind of like where we go for lunch. Um, this is kind of like the style of working in the office, you know, these, this is like, you know, how we are, we don't have the radios on or we do have the radios on, people come dressed down, you know, so again, it's like facts based, you observe others doing it. So you recognise what the standards and the norms are rather than it being feeling, but you still conform. Um, so I think, you know, when when we freak out about either, you know, making bloopers predominantly, we, we kind of like, it's probably because we're like, I'm not going to be accepted by others. I'm not going to be belong. I'm not going to belong because people are actually going to maybe think that I'm a bit of a joke or, you know, that I've made made a mess of things. And, you know, that's ridiculous. You know, we are only human. As I say, every single episode, you know, we are human beings. We will always make a mess. And if we live in fear of that, if we live in fear of our own bloopers and our mistakes and our errors and our little silly things that we might say or our idiosyncrasies, then what? We're not owning ourselves you know, we're not challenging the status quo because actually by being different or accepting that you're okay with your little flaws or your bloopers, that is in itself challenging the status quo because what you're saying is that I'm not going to um, be fearful of this. And so fear, looking fear in the in the eyes and saying, you're not going to get me, that is challenging the status quo because fear in most parts of life especially things where we think we've done something wrong or we want to be accepted or we want to feel like we belong. Fear fear is the norm because if we don't feel like we have those things, we get fearful. So, you know, by, 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 by not freaking out about these situations, we are literally challenging the status quo, which is an amazing place to be. You know, we're trailblazing. You know, we are, um, 
moving things into a completely different direction by just owning ourselves. And, you know, we also, you know, we're pushing outside the boundaries of and standards and norms. So we're actually saying, you know what, we don't have to be perfect all the time. And I think, you know, I love I love on social media, I really love on social media the the um the accounts that actually talk about real life. And actually, you know, there's quite a few accounts out there that'll show, you know, this is Instagram, this is real life. And I love those accounts because these people, they're not there to be like polished. They're there to be real. And actually being real is something that we should really, really celebrate because we are all real and therefore we do make mistakes and we do make blunders. And people for the most part will will laugh at it. They'll love it. They'll accept it. They'll make light of it. And so it's in our interest to do that too about ourselves and also about others. And you know what it does? And as I've said at the very beginning, when I was talking about my experience of making blunders and bloopers, um, it just creates a real good level of bonding with people. You know, I think even in the workplace, suck it up. If you make a mistake, just laugh about it. And I think sometimes it's actually quite good to, to be, you know, the person that kind of laughs at your own mistakes. For example, like if I have this rule and it works well for me that if I ever fall over in the street, which has happened on a few occasions, or, you know, if I fall down the stairs, we all do it. I just laugh so loudly. Like, I, I would never want to walk off, like, awkward and embarrassed because I know that that would make me feel really bad about the situation. So what I do is I just throw some laughter in. And laughter is brilliant because laughter immediately, as I said, it creates that trust and openness. It's a bonding mechanism with other people. So, you know, laughter is a really good way to deal with these little messy things that happen in life. And above all, it shows that you're quite vulnerable. And you know, being vulnerable isn't always about sharing our deepest, darkest, darkest secrets and like letting people know exactly who we are, you know, from the deep inside. Being vulnerable is actually accepting that, oh, I just messed up. Oh, I said something wrong. Oh, can I, did I just say that? Like, actually? (laughs) So I think, you know, it's so good. I think if we can own ourselves from a point of view that we actually are not perfect and actually we are only human and actually making mistakes is just part of being human. We're just humans and we should just accept that. And on that note, um, it was just, again, came into my mind while I was doing this that there was actually, there is lots of programs. Uh, there was a program that was big in the UK, you know, a few decades ago uh, called It'll Be All Right on the Night. And that was a TV program predominantly that was all about TV blunders and misdemeanors. And, you know, it was so popular because people just love to see real, like, famous people messing up. You know, this was before, like, editing podcasts and editing social media. This was, like, famous people that we all loved, that we saw on our TV, that we thought were, like, you know, untouchable. And these people were then you know, having their blunders, their bloopers aired on like primetime TV and people were loving it. Not because they were laughing at those people because yeah, it was humorous, but it's because they were like, wow, my God, they're just like us. They're actually just like us. And so I think that's the most important thing to remember. Like if you make a bit of a mistake, if you say something that doesn't necessarily like fit in or doesn't comply with standards and norms, um, you know, if you make a faux pas, 
just own it because that is the best way that you will be able to to you know to to manage that and to just again to love yourself it's all about loving yourself you know we we all have our our little idiosyncrasies as i like to say so on that note i am going to leave it there if you love this episode please let me know give me some love um also don't forget to hit subscribe so you'll get notified of any future episodes and also please do share this episode with anyone that you think would love to actually get involved and listen to this episode or the whole entire podcast series so as always guys have the most amazing week and do not worry if you make a blunder it's okay we can do this. We're just humans. (laughs) All right, guys, you take care and I will speak to you again very soon. All right. Much love. Bye, guys. Bye.